Welcome to the I Know a Thing podcast. Hi, Nurse Nelly. How are you? Hello. I'm so excited to be here. We are excited to have you. Yes. So tell us a little about yourself. Um, well, I am going by the name Nurse Nelly tonight. I am staying anonymous so that I can talk about things um, that may be a little more sensitive um, without identification. Uh, I have been a nurse for 18 years. I work in the Pacific Northwest and I work at the secondary level with the students. Uh, I work, I'm a school nurse. Uh, mm-hmm. Students um, aged 13 to 21. Um, I have worked in other specialties before, uh, I've worked in a hospital, I've worked outpatient, uh, so I'm currently been doing the school nurse jam since, uh, the first year of COVID. <laughs> it's been... What a, what a blessing. <laughs> oh my Extra special. <laughs> wow. Mm-hmm. And you also, you're a nurse practitioner. That's right. I worked in adult cardiology, mm-hmm. uh, for many, many moons. But so what led you to um, move into, you know, like educational health? Like what was your impetus? Oh gosh, I actually just talked to a group of high school students um, in their class about this. the lifestyle. <laughs> I was mm-hmm. like, there is no shame in your game, people, about doing things because you need to in life, like making the money that you got to make to pay your bills. Um, for me, I have a partner who is um, uh, very professionally engaged, uh, and I am a mother, and uh, I really enjoyed uh, working when I had the opportunity to. Uh, I also took some time to not work uh, and stay home with my kids um, when they were small, and that was a struggle for me because I really like the busyness of work. Uh, And so when my kids all were old enough to be in school, the opportunity arose to sort of pick the best of both worlds, which is working in the educational environment, which allowed me the privilege of um, a school year calendar mm-hmm. uh, job and um, to kind of be engaged in the community in which we live. So I work in the community in which we live, which mm-hmm. has its own privileges and pitfalls. Um, but yeah, it's it's, the, it's totally lifestyle. It doesn't pay crap. Education, as we all know across the country, you are never paid enough yeah, yeah. <laughs> for what you do. Yeah. Um, teachers, can I like uh, give some snaps here? Um, do so much 24 hours a day. Every time I get a 10 p.m. email, I'm like, stop it, put your laptop down and go hang out with your family. Um, but uh it's, so it's not for the money. It was definitely for the lifestyle. So I'm home when my kids are home. I call it my stay-at-home mom job. <laughs> so I'm home when my kids are home, and I'm at work when my kids are at school. And um, actually, it has proven to be a really incredible challenge, uh, very different than what I expected, and has kept me on my toes. And, like, totally things are changing constantly. Nothing's ever the same. So the challenges are always there, which I love a good challenge. Mm-hmm. Like COVID. <laughs> For example, the, I had a kindergartner during COVID mm, club. Mm. Am I How? right? That shit sucked. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. My first year of nursing as a school nurse started off delightfully. So I had a child who started high school in the school that I worked at the same time that I started my new job. So we started together. Um, 
And everything was going along hunky-dory. There was a really high learning curve. And then COVID happened. Oh, wow. <laughs> and, I, and I was like, what kind of job is this? Uh, it was pretty bonker balls. Um, so, so how do you do nursing when you're at doing it from home, right? You have, you had to work from home doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't one of those people. Um, I did not get to enjoy the, I'm organizing my closets and, um, making sourdough bread and crochet. (laughs) Um, students with special education actually had to access their education, which I'm glad they had the opportunity, but I was still in person the whole time. Wow. So I probably, I think I had like two to four weeks off um, while we were figuring out this little bug. Our two week, two week break. <laughs> yeah. Because of the pandemic. Um, actually. First, you know. <laughs> School's taking a two week break. Oh gosh. We'll be back after spring break. Um, I, we were actually uh, going live with a new immunization system. And so our goal during that time was to transfer all of our records into the new system. And it was, it was going to be so delightful to do this for eight hours a day in front of our computer from home, which is like my worst nightmare because I'm a nurse. I'm used to running around. (laughs) I'm not used to sitting in front of a stupid computer. Um, So we dealt with it. And then obviously, um, you know, uh, it crashed and burned. And 18 we're, months later. Yeah, yeah. We were out for quite a bit of time. Mm. Um, I returned to the classroom. I can't remember. Did they go? I, did students? Nobody here has a special education student. Um, students went back to the classroom, I want to say, by like May or June. Um, special education mm. students, or maybe it was in the fall. I don't mm. remember. But I started and I, I only missed that short period of time. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> My gosh. So trial by fire for you. Yeah. Thrown to the wolves. No public health experience prior to this. Oh <laughs> now I have lots. Now you're a pro- All right. Right. <laughs> bestie. Literally, I know people at public health. <laughs> like, hey, girl, when I call up with some yeah. new con- con- communicable illness. Oh, geez. <laughs> Oh my gosh. So tell us about like what it's like working as a nurse in a high school and like I mean, you know, there's so many kids with um, challenges these days, you know, they're getting increasingly more difficult, especially after COVID. Mm -hmm. And so what have you seen, you know, what? Yeah. Um, One of the things that I did was I took, um, it's called an ESA or Educational Support Associate class um, after I had started working in the school district. And what that teaches you about is the way special education law has evolved over the years. Um, And the really big thing that public school does is it offers students access to their federally given right of public education. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the biggest thing that I would say that my role involves is advocating um, for accommodations for students so that they can access their education. Um, We have such a brilliant medical system, not the financing part of it, but the technology (laughs) part of it, um, that's children who um, wouldn't previously live um, have access to care that has allowed so many more types of children to um, live really robust lives. And um, the flip side of that is that, you know, they're not institutionalized, they stay with their families, and they get to come to school, they make friends, it's really quite wonderful. Um, And so uh, my role is to kind of figure out what their medical needs are and how to marry that into their um, 
day-to-day life at school. So a lot of my job is administrative, which blows. So um, preventing communicable illness in schools. So that's like chicken pox and measles that when Mm -hmm. we hear those like flare-ups. So monitoring students' immunization status, um, ton of paperwork, communicating with public health when we have outbreaks. We had a chicken pox outbreak or scare this year, potential outbreak. Um, I think Seattle had a a measles one. They shut down a school recently for that. Okay. so that's happening. Uh, they could they they actually shut down the school in Seattle because they didn't have a system in which they could prove people's enough people's um, immunity. Mm. So they had to shut down the school because they're like, how long was it shut down? Uh, two weeks. They just Ooh. opened up at the no, first week you. of June. Yeah, you can go Google that on the internet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but isn't that like a simple thing where you just look at how many people have been immunized and it's like a percentage and they, you know, there's like the herd immunity where they have like a certain percentage or... So it should be, that would be if the public school system monitored or kept records for staff. That was the problem. Oh. And we don't. I am not an occupational health nurse. I am a student health nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, even in our own school district, unidentified, um, same as as multiple school districts in the Pacific Northwest, we don't we don't have systems for tracking people's immunization records. And as staff, it's not like working in a hospital where you have to provide proof. Mm-hmm. Staff are not required to provide proof of this. So here. staff aren't, but students are. Students are. Yep. It's the oh, law. It's Washington okay. state law. Interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, so I sit in, uh, IEP meetings that stands for individual educational plan, uh, meetings or edu- yeah. yeah, individual educational plan meetings. Um, I, uh, monitor immunizations, um, I do temporary accommodations for students who have injuries. Um, in Washington State, they require us to track concussions um, that are mm-hmm. diagnosed by physicians. So I do that and um, do accommodations for students. Anytime there's an emergency in the building, I respond to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the privilege in the secondary level of just having one school. So I am always there uh, and <laughs> always responding to the absolute chaos that are teenagers. <laughs> What are some of the crazy yeah, what are some yeah. of the crazy things? situations oh. you have found yourself in? Oh my gosh. Okay. I I do have to say I have worked in adult cardiology, which is just the heart. I'd deal I have I've used more of my nursing skills working in high school than I ever did working no. in cardiology where people have heart attacks wow. and die. Okay. Um it is crazy. I've had a student accidentally strangle themselves on mm. um on a sports net. Uh oh that gosh. was really scary. Uh they were so chill. They were the coolest kid. <laughs> They're like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I called mom like, I think you have to go to the hospital. Um, I've had a student like smash all the the number of students that get smashed in the face with balls that have like <laughs> it sounds like clueless. <laughs> I can't participate in any sport where balls are flying at my head. That's your social life. Hi. <laughs> but seriously, braces through the lips, Ooh, um, uh, concussions, um, split faces, uh, like eyebrows. Mostly like in eyes. sports? This is for oh, PE? God. This like is just, just PE. We had a just, just PE? <laughs> I had a week. I'm besties with some of these PE teachers because I had a week where every single day someone came in with a 911 call. <laughs> it's like, what? this is fractured. That is broken. This is smashed. Whatever else. Oh. I actually asked the secret for this because I freaking hated PE. I don't know about y'all, but I was I like. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> <coughs> 
burp, burpees and walk in the track. Yes. Um, Bring it. Not my jam. <laughs> I was like, what's the deal? And they said they're just super competitive and they have lots of fun and they're really awesome. So. Now, I think it's so tame. I see them walking, just like oh, walking out down, down the street. <laughs> and I'm like, he seems like BS. Or oh my god, it's not. <clears throat> I had a student playing handball who was like went after the ball so hard they ran into the wall and left a piece of their scalp on the wall. Oh, <laughs> I mean, literally went back and found it. Oh, oh, no, Thank gross. You. Yeah, there was a hole in their head. It was Ew. Oh their skull gosh. was intact. Let me clarify. Okay. Just How many like, catastrophes do you have like this each week? Oh, God. We had one day where we called 911 three times in a what? day. So we had an allergic reaction. We had a kid pass out. And we, I mean, seriously. And then we had a, I can't remember the last one, like suicidal ideation or something like that. Mm. It was just bonker balls. Um, at one point, like we called them, they left. They dealt with it and they left. They came back for another call and then there was another call. We called at the same time they were here and they didn't leave and they just dealt with the situation. They're like, they're maybe still we'll there. just like hang sit out in the cafeteria. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going well. It's crazy. So we called 911, uh, you know, almost weekly. Wow. <laughs> the only time I ever called 911 was like when my aunt dared me to. <laughs> oh my <God. laughs> and then she blamed it on me. Your aunt sounds like fun. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome oh my gosh so tell us more about like what have you seen with the mental health like of kids like over the years that you've dealt with yeah I have to say um high school's definitely different than when I was a kid for sure um I just don't you know I remember the drama with you know significant others and friends but I just don't remember the same stress uh that we used to have uh, or that I see now yeah. with students. We didn't used to have the same stress that we do now. I feel like I'm making myself sound like an older pants, but like. Um, Listen, mental- we're the same age. <laughs> Shut your mouth. But also, yeah. Hello, how many like disasters have happened since oh. we graduated high school? <laughs> there is a great meme that is like <laughs> millennials sitting by watching their like 37th natural disaster, <laughs> wondering if they should pay their car note. Well, like our first <laughs> one, our first one was 9-11, 9/11 and I was yep. a Columbine actually. And well, then 9/11. Yes, Columbine in high mm-hmm. school and then 9-11. Was that our freshman year? Mm, sometime. Yeah. 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 Freshman year of, of college. Ugh. And then ever since then, it's like, just fucking how young are you two? <laughs> I was We're totally millennials. Oh, yeah. Okay. You're millennials. 41. Okay. 41. Yeah. Yeah, same. Okay, well, all right. It sucked. Oh, yeah. I feel like the older, mature woman here. (laughs) (laughs) I went to, um, I was actually co-counselor at a summer camp with a girl who was at Columbine when it happened. Whoa. And it's still just, I mean, like, it it was like the first, and now, now, what, what in the world is happening? It's like, it's really. Yeah, it's really scary. The the anxiety that students experience, um, I think that we definitely have kind of taken, um, I don't know, are, have we taken it for granted? We really pay attention to it here in the Pacific Northwest, but the anxiety that students feel on a day-to-day basis just showing up in a school, mm-hmm. 
like, you know, literally public health emergency. Is there a possible shooting? Is there going to be an earthquake? Um, everything that they're contemplating on a day-to-day basis and seeing, like, thrown at them with these news tickers on whatever um, channel you watch. We didn't think about that. Did not. Even after Columbine, it was kind of like, well, that happened there. That that's was like not, a one, like one thing. Horrible. Like one but I wasn't mm-hmm, thinking, oh, it. that's definitely probably. Yeah, those are those cuckoo head people, and that mm-hmm. is not us. Oh, my god. But gosh. no, one of my kids this week, or last week, was like, telling me how they were nervous about that possibly happening. And I'm like... Going to high school. I do have to say, I actually... um, I had my daughter that I started uh, uh, work with, who was a student, is no longer a student um, at my high school. And I had the thought now that I don't have to worry about all the kids and my daughter. I only have to worry about all the kids. Mm. And that actually feels like a relief off my shoulder. it's really disgusting to even have to have that it's thought. It's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. So I, I have to say um, Washington State recently passed House Bill 1664, which addressed the need for increased um, uh, health and mental health resources in our um, communities. Um and there were, you know, definitely both sides of the of the fence uh, reacting or uh, excuse me, advocating for um, the bill, but I'm really glad that it helped because it's going to increase the number of counselors um, and nurses um, mm-hmm. that are available for students. So um, they really, there's a, there just feels like there's a lot of pressure on kids. I see a lot of panic attacks. We have regular suicidal ideation, and unfortunately, um, we have lost a student almost every year um, at our school to suicide, yeah. which How is does disgusting. Compared to the like. Do you know how that compares to like the average? Like that seems like a lot. Yeah, it it is a lot. Our school district is not, I mean, this is our school. Yeah. Um, It's definitely risen significantly. I think it used to be something like, you know, 12 students a year died of suicide um, five, six years ago. No, in our, in our county. Um, And that number has risen. Yeah. And that number's risen dramatically, um, especially since COVID. Um, There's a lot of things like students like who, you know, weren't in school having difficulty accessing um, all the resources. Like school has a lot of resources. Like you come, we get you food, we get you school supplies. Mm -hmm. Um, We have a counselor all in the specific district that I live in. And I think a few of the other districts around um, all the secondary schools have a like licensed um, mm-hmm. mental health counselor in the school. That's not their school counselor advising them on classes oh. in college. It's an actual contracted mental health counselor um, that can see students as needed. That's amazing. Yeah, um, that's some of our um, counties around also have contracted with um, uh, uh, mental health professionals. So instead of like a police response to a 911 call, um, we have like mental health responders that are coming if you indicate that that's something that's going on, um, which has been really nice. We've we've had, um, I can't remember all the organizations, so I'll probably give it away where we are anyway, but like um, uh, we've, we've gotten to have conversations with these folks. Um, they're connecting students who like are um, houseless or um, ha- have a need to resources connecting them with the organizations that can help provide things that they need mm-hmm. um, or get them hospitalized, um, get them connected with a therapist in less than a week, things like that, mm-hmm. do wellness okay. checks, stuff like that. Um, and we we need this. This happens like a lot. And um, a really like crappy thought that I have is sometimes when I see a sunset and I think about a student that we have that is not going to see that sunset, I know that like we cannot give up on the work that we're doing to um, help these kiddos recognize their like 
absolute incredible value that they have um, every single day showing up for life. And it's mm-hmm. hard. It's super yeah. crappy. Well, that's what I noticed with the middle school is I think it was like pretty soon after they went back after COVID stuff mm-hmm. um, where they said like mental health days were pretty unlimited at, at the middle school mm-hmm. where like I moved in sixth grade. I moved in. It was hard. There were days I didn't want to go to school, but I was like, well, it's not an option. Like I have to go to school and mm-hmm. I did and whatever. Um, but I have a kiddo that's needed to stay home for like anxiety and like we call the school and they're like, that's fine. It's excused. Like mm-hmm. no questions asked. I mean, obviously if, you know, we were, we've been in constant communication with the school, like we've had letters from therapists, whatever. So it's like, mm-hmm. they know that we're working on it. Like it's not mm-hmm. like a free for all. Um, but just the fact that there's that like. You know, you kind of cut down the anxiety of, oh, if I miss school today, then I'm going to, like, fail or mm-hmm. whatever. And yeah. you can kind of, yeah, I don't know. It, it seems a little more, I don't know what the word Kinder is. Kinder and gentler. Yeah, it's like, yes, we need to pay attention yeah. to mental health just as much as academic whatever yeah. you know as a nurse i can absolutely say your mental health does cause physiologic symptoms yeah. we see people with increased blood pressure increased heart rate mm-hmm. you like you know a panic attack mm-hmm. um can be similar to the symptoms of a heart attack and actually difficult to differentiate between the two i'm going to give a plug to an um, organization called mental um, youth mental health first aid. Um, you can actually, the lay people, so that means anybody listening to this can go to youthmentalhealthfirstaid.org um, and find a class near them. Um, I, I think I've seen prices up to like $25 for a class. It's usually like an eight hour class. Sometimes they're free. Sometimes they're sponsored, um, excuse me, by the organization that you may work for depending on where you work. So the school district that I work for pays for the class. Um, but it actually teaches you like how to recognize signs and symptoms of like mental health crises um, and how to respond to them. Um, and so like one of the things that we say is like, if someone's having a panic attack, their chest might hurt, they might have shortness of breath, they might have a hard time breathing. It's not your job to diagnose them, um, but it is your job to respond to them. And like, mm-hmm. how do we respond? So we'd call 911 like, and, yeah. and figure out like, is this a cardiac event or is this a panic attack? And like, how do we move through this? And we have such wonderful um, first responders um, that are trained mm-hmm. to, to, to figure out like what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the biggest, so I, I'm a healthcare provider. I'm a nurse practitioner, as you mentioned. So I have a master's degree from an Ivy league school actually, which was, um, a, unbelievable education mm-hmm. um, but I would say that I'm pretty knowledgeable about things and I learned so much from this class that I just wasn't like I just never was taught at any point in my nursing career yeah. one of my favorite things that they taught us was if you suspect that somebody might be having suicidal ideation is to ask them twice um, and to be upfront with your language to not be afraid um, I love this generation, even if people call them soft. No, I freaking love them. <laughs> I do. I do. They talk about things like consent, um, and they talk about mental health in ways that we have just buried under mm-hmm. everything. Um, and they're bringing attention to something that we all have physiologic symptoms of, that we all like need to bring attention to. Um, and so using very clear language um, and and identifying what the problem is like hey i see that you are like really have disengaged do you have thoughts of suicide Mm -hmm. or do you have a plan to kill yourself and asking it not once but twice um because sometimes people might be like no 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 no." and Mm -hmm. then like 
when you're there with them and you say, like, I really feel concerned. Like, I, I see that something's going on and I want to talk to you more about it because you're really important to me. Um, have you made a plan to end your life? And in and and most of the time, if that's going on, people will say yes. And unfortunately, and I would say fortunately, unfortunately, I've had students who continue to have this experience. But fortunately, um, we we have had kiddos that we young adults um, that we've definitely seen this happen mm-hmm. to and been able to intervene. And so lucky that they continue to be able to attend our school and so be like- alive. My opinion, maybe this class should be taught <laughs> instead of, uh, I don't know, like Latin unless you want to be a doctor. <laughs> like the things that I learned in high school, some of it's great, but then I'm like, this this could have been very useful. And I hang oh, out with amazing. a lot of like young people, like 20s, early 30s. And like if I, if I'm feeling like stressed or overwhelmed or whatever, they're the first people to come up and be like, I can tell that you're not feeling Mm-hmm. great like what's going on how can I help you mm-hmm. where it's like us we're old okay like we're just like grin and bear it power through like power through <laughs> it guess what you feel like shit keep doing it keep doing all the things hustle culture it's fine it's fine, it's fine. <laughs> right but then I'll like be super stressed out and I get around one of my beautiful little like young millennial friends and they're like <laughs> I can tell that you're feeling stressed and overwhelmed how can I help you you're amazing and here you're like here's what and they just tell me all these beautiful things and I'm like oh I feel better okay I guess maybe I shouldn't just push through I don't sh- have to feel like crap <laughs> every single day it's what are you amazing. talking about it's amazing <laughs> because it's like why why do we do that mm-hmm. I don't know like that's just what we do that's all that's what I do oh man yeah well yeah. and I have to ask you this is like a tough question but in the the years that you worked there with the suicides that have happened um, were these kids that like were sort of flagged for potential for this mm. or not? Mm-hmm. No. Um, I, I definitely had one, um, student who I, I feel stupid saying this just because I'm a healthcare provider and this is literally what they teach you. Um, we've definitely had kids who, um, are high risk, um, who have struggled. And if you're going to pick anybody out for it to happen to, it would definitely have been them. Um, the most recent, um, suicide we had, unfortunately was one of those students. Um, and I was like, what? But they were doing so well, just like, um, just like everything they teach you in the class. So again, take the class. That's amazing. Um, and it and that's and it was it, and it played out just like they said. Um, everything seemed like it was going better, and you know, kind of took a turn for the worse. Um, and sometimes that doing better is because they actually have made peace with their plan um, to end their life, and they feel comfortable and resolute in what they're going to do, which is actually a warning sign. Um, uh, we've had rock stars, like totally amazing, super popular gay kids, end their life. Um, ugh, that sucks. Sucks talking about this kind of stuff. Um, whose impact is left like forever? Um, I think we have a a teacher leaving because they just haven't been able to. We had a kiddo when um I first started working that ended their life unexpectedly. Who seemed to be doing well? Who was a total rock star? And the teacher has never. The very closest student has never recovered from it. And oh my gosh. um, it's like. I don't know. I don't know what to say. Like these things happen. It's unexpected. And we need to just open 
um, open up the dialogue with folks and and recognize the impact the stress like has on us. Um, don't minimize it. And and I would also say that you know there are definitely situations in which um, people are like, oh, they just want attention. Oh, they're threatening this all the time. Whatever else. Um, and they, I would say like, okay. Um, they might like, why do they want attention? Like what's going on with them? What's happening in their life? Like sometimes we do need attention and sometimes we are struggling and, you know, like maybe it is just a cry for help, but if they're crying for help, why are they crying for help? Like what's going on with them and how can we, um, respond to that? And also recognizing that the same path isn't going to work for everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, life can throw you some curveballs, and sometimes you got to figure out what works for you. Um, I, I will say I freaking love working with high school students. <laughs> Teenagers get a bad rap. My own push me to my limits for sure. Um, but they are just, you know, humans with um, so much creativity and um, developing skill. And they like working in high school has totally restored my faith in humanity. And I just feel so privileged um, to be able to work with um uh, so many like exciting future adults and um, their advocacy and so like seeing that like you know crap happens and sometimes it's hard and and like recognizing that they may need a little more hand holding or TLC or whatever it is um, mm-hmm. as they're moving through this life transition what advice do you have to impart to us parents who have kids going into <laughs> high school I just really um left it as non-judgmental yeah. as possible so that the conversation was available without like you know condemning them or judging them or anything like that um so talking in the car about things and if your kiddo needs a, a moment of touch or connection drop what you're doing and give it to them my kids always come to me for a hug when i'm holding like a 400 degree pan straight from the oven <laughs> <laughs> it's so ridiculous or, or students will come to me at the school like literally right as i'm trying to write a report from you know an emergency and they'll have you know a major crisis and it's drop what you're doing and give them a moment of your time like that is um the best thing that you can do for them um and then really try to suspend your judgment for things mm-hmm. because um not to sound like a crotchety old lady <laughs> but like stuff's different the mm-hmm. pressures on people are different yeah. and we don't know we can't you know walk in other people's shoes we don't know what it's like and so just trying to yeah, kind of hear them out and and uh, give them the space to say what they need and then, you know, like offer them options. Um, the area that I live, it's really important, I think, for folks to be aware of like what the laws are in your state with young people. Um, so the state that we live in, um, the age of consent for reproductive and mental health care is 13 years old. Uh, and so I definitely work in situations where um, students come to me because the, I, I think the minimum age of uh, students that I've worked with is 13. So any conversation I have with a student is privileged um, where parents want to like intervene on a situation and they can't anymore. Um, and so I don't disclose. I think trust is really important for me as a healthcare provider. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't disclose what I talk about. And so um, sometimes that gets parents mad, but I'm advocating for students. That's my... Um, people I've been charged with caring for. And so um, like having that awareness and keeping that communication open with my, with, with your own children, if, if you're a parent um, is super important. 
It's so like with my own yeah. child, I don't know what's going on in their therapy, but I will sometimes say, hey, I'd love to present these concerns um, so you can talk about it with your therapist mm-hmm. or um, I'm going to give you space to talk to your doctor, but these are my concerns as a parent. Um, and so like, let's come to some mm-hmm. problem solving with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was kind of gobsmacked when <laughs> I found out that 13 was yeah. the age at which I don't, I don't is yeah. that a nationwide thing no. or is that State just way. Okay. Every state is different. Where the well child, when they're like, okay, we're going to go talk over yeah. in a different room. And you're like, <laughs> huh? Like, what? Like, but also, it's like, about what? Baby. It's probably, I mean, it is a good thing, but it's also like, a little heads up would have been great. <laughs> like, right. Oh you just God. don't even expect well, it. Even the kid, they kind of looked at me like, yeah. what's happening? Exactly. And I'm like, I don't know, yeah. but just go talk to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're just gonna Personally, I feel it's a little young, but. You know, well, I mean, in my in our case, both kids were like, she can know everything. Like, yeah, that. that's not a big deal. So yeah. you, that's the enviable, enviable position you want to be in that yes. your kids are like. Right, yeah. it's like I don't have anything to worry it, about. You know? But it's yeah. like if I could have had the conversation with my kid before this right. well child checkup, exactly, <laughs> to yes. be like they're gonna go ask you some questions because they, my, both of mine were kind of like, huh, what am mm-hmm. I? What is this? And it's like just go, like they're just gonna ask some questions. Yeah, and it was fine. But yeah, it was kind of like everybody surprising. like what? <laughs> <laughs> it's great. But yeah, it's like, like it's nice. Like yeah, we don't have anything to hide. It's not like you know. You think? I was worried about it. <laughs> well, I mean, who knows? Like we'll find that out later <laughs> when they're like twenty and they're like, oh, guess what? I remember when I was thirteen? Because like, yeah, who hasn't done that? I mean, who among us? All the laws. <laughs> <laughs> But anywho. Oh, it's yeah. totally true. Well, you should definitely be having the conversation about trusted adults with your kids for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Because they'll be around them and and hopefully they um, have a good relationship with their healthcare provider for mm-hmm. sure. I well, No, that's a hard thing post-COVID because mm-hmm. I will say we had the same pediatrician for years and years and years until COVID. And now every time we go for well child or a sick kid or something always a different provider yeah mm-hmm. and it's probably just the big practice that we're with mm-hmm. but it seriously was not an issue until covid like and i loved having the same provider yeah same one same one you definitely when they were want babies. the same one but now it's impossible and i mean I, I guess unless we find a different practice which i'm sorry i'm freaking tired <laughs> so I, <laughs> and the kids are fine it's not like like my kids that need specialists have their specialist that's been consistent, mm-hmm. but just like normal well child, I'm like, geez, we don't even have the same yeah doctor every time anymore. I always vote for having the same provider. It's hard because, um, you know, practices have had to do financial management yeah. for things, um, being accessible, the change in hours and stuff like oh. that. It, it's been really, really hard to have. Um, consistent health care yeah. um, since COVID. It freaking Supply sucks. chain. Supply chain totally. <laughs> supply is chain. That's all we talk about is supply chain, right? Yeah, oh doctor gosh. supply chain sucks because everything kidding. is different. Um, but it's really important so they can have those trusted conversations. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nurse Nelly, mm-hmm. thank you so much for all you your advice. Oh, it's great. So we want to have you back again. <laughs> Anytime. Come up with some special topics. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you. Okay, thank you. Bye. Thanks for listening. Until next time, this is I Know a Thing, a podcast by ordinary moms exploring what we find curious.